The art of storytelling, finding your story. We all know people who are gifted storytellers, people who can captivate a crowd with their tales. While most of these people are charismatic and have a flair for language, they also have one important quality that you don't see. They know what makes a story worth telling. All good stories have a few elements in common. They contain interesting characters who are involved in dramatic situations, and they all have a point or a controlling idea. No one will be enthralled by a story that lacks these key elements. If you're listening to this, for one reason or another, you're compelled to tell a story. You may already have a sense of what makes a good story, but you may not be sure where to start when crafting a story of your own. Do you start with an interesting character, a dramatic moment, an intriguing idea? Different experts have different notions about the best way to start a story. Some say you should begin with character. Sid Field, the screenwriting guru and author of Screenplay, says the characters are the heart and soul of story. Not only does a writer need good characters in order to engage the audience, he or she also needs his characters to show up and show him how the story will evolve. Field argues that once you develop your characters and set them in motion, you'll discover what your story will and will not be. Field's method is well-tested. Several writers claim that their character develop wills of their own, suggesting what the next turn of events or turn of phrase might be. But not every expert agrees that writers begin with characters. Some claim that a good story begins with an idea. Robert McKee, author of the influential book, Story, argues that all stories are based on archetypal ideas like redemption, coming of age, and so on. Like the well-developed character, a strong archetypal story idea serves both audience and writer. First, an archetype presents the audience with something both universal and familiar. The story idea offers the viewer something to relate to. Second, the archetypal story idea provides the writer with a structure that is tried and true. For example, the archetypal love story follows the same structure. Boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy wins girl back, or some gender variation thereof. Clearly, a good story should have dramatic characters and a good dramatic idea. However, when you're writing a film or a podcast or even a YouTube video, there's a possible third starting place, the dramatic moment. Longer content gives you more time to explore character, to develop plots and subplots, and to suggest ideas. But in short content, you need to be economic and find a quicker route to your story. A truly dr dramatic moment has everything a good story needs. Interesting characters and compelling situations who are wrestling with a big idea. If a moment strikes you as dramatic and you learn how to unpack it, you'll have the elements of a good story. What is your dramatic moment? William Faulkner wrote The Sound and the Fury because he imagined the following moment. A young girl with dirty underwear climbs a tree. That young girl would evolve into Faulkner's tragic heroine, Caddy. The moment reveals two key elements. One, character. What kind of girl has dirty underwear and what kind of girl climbs trees? Two, situation. Why is she up a tree? Where does she live? Who takes care of her? Who watches her? We start to imagine the others who populate her life. Do they adore her, revile her, demean her? Faulkner has lots of freedoms in answering these questions, but not total freedom. First, he has to remain true to the elements of the moment. He can't come up with elements that won't fit. 
Second, he has to understand that whatever choices he makes regarding this moment will blind him to another choice, and then another, and then another. A good dramatic moment is the place where idea, action, and character intersect. In these intersection moments, we have dramatic action. We also have interesting characters. Someone is responsible, someone is heroic, someone is victimized. And finally, we have ideas. We have examples of terrible consequences of neglect and bullying. We have examples of how beliefs held too dear can become terrible. We have examples of the extreme vulnerability of modern technology. Of course, these moments suggest many other themes, just as they suggest many characters and many actions. But once you've chosen your moment, you've limited your themes. Of course, dramatic moments aren't always about life, death, or any extreme scenario. Rather, our lives pivot on many quieter moments. The moment we meet someone we love, the moment we move away from our childhood home, the moment we understand that our parents are not perfect. But no matter how big or how small the moment is, the creator's task remains the same. Consider who the characters are, what they feel, what they want, what they need. Consider their actions, what those actions say, what they deny, what they conceal. And finally, consider the ideas that preoccupy the characters and impose themselves on the moment. Once you've un successfully unpacked the moment, you'll have all the makings of a good story. Who are your main characters? You won't interest people in your story if you populate that story with dull, unrealized caricatures. You need to create believable characters that people can relate to and that they can care about. In order to do this, you need to know and you need to get to know your characters. How do you get to know your characters? To begin, you need to spend time with them. You need to dress them, ask questions of them, find out what they like to do, what they like to eat. You need to find out what they're afraid of, what's perverse or irrational about them, what's terrifyingly simple and heartbreakingly complex. Sid Field says the first thing to do when trying to get to know your character is to consider their interior and exterior lives. Field says that the interior life of a character takes place from birth until the moment that your content begins. The interior life is a process that forms character, that motivates character. The exterior life, on the other hand, takes place from the moment that content begins and ends when you end the story. The exterior life reveals the character. When you create your character, you can begin with either the exterior or the interior lives. If you begin with the exterior life, you will want to consider the character's professional, relational, and private lives. In other words, you need to ask, what will my character be doing? What does my character do for a living? Who are his friends and loved ones? What does he do when he's alone? Answering these questions in specific ways. For example, when you think about your character alone, where do you see him? In his apartment? If so, what kind of furniture does he own? What sort of knickknacks are lying around? What is the character doing in this space? What is he wearing? Then consider the person in the other sectors of his life. What do these spaces look like? What is he wearing there? Who populates these worlds? What are they wearing? How does the character relate to them? What is his verbal style? What are his mannerisms? Remember, details are useful. Someone who wears black is different from someone who wears pastel blue. Someone who knits peacefully when she's by herself is different from someone who paces and chain smokes. 
To develop a character's interior life, you want to consider your character's psychology and how it got that way. To start, divide your understanding of the interior life into two sectors, those that are immediately relevant and those that are historically relevant. In other words, what is the character feeling or thinking now and how did he come to feel or think that way? Ask yourself questions like, what does your character need? And what is the history of this need? What is your character afraid of? And what is the history of that fear? What does your character want? And what is the history of that desire? Again, this interior, interior world will be more vivid and more moving if you're specific. For example, if you ask, what does my character need? You might answer redemption. But you need to push further. What is the history of this need for redemption? In what ways has this need haunted him all of his life? What forms will redemption come in when it finally appears? Why this form? When you have a strong sense of the interior and exterior lives of your character, you're ready to think about the ways in which the two lives collide. For in this collision of the interior and exterior is the germ of your story. Characters have needs, interior, but they encounter obstacles, exterior. They have fears, interior, that are exacerbated by events, exterior. They have desires, interior, that are met or denied by others, exterior. In the simplest terms, story occurs when conflict arises between a character's interior and exterior lives. Sometimes, however, the conflict is purely interior. As Robert McKee points out, a well-developed character needs to have dimension and dimension means contradiction in the interior life of a character. McKee offers the example of Macbeth. Macbeth's character rests on an internal conflict. He is ambitious and he is guilty. His ambition is at war with his guilt and from this conflict springs his story. Still, Macbeth's external world is important to his story in that it expresses or illustrates his internal world. For what would the story be without Lady Macbeth? without the witches, without the castle. In any case, remember, even in short form content, you need well-developed dimensional characters with rich interior and exterior lives. You may not have the screen time to develop these characters on the page, but this is all the more reason that the characters need to be well-developed in your own mind. If you take shortcuts, you will have types, uh, not just characteristics as if uh, shortcuts with the plot, you end up in the situation, not story. Films that use types and situations may dazzle us with irony or with tactical prowess, but they are not likely to move us. They will not make us laugh or cry or even care. What is your big idea? Still, a good story needs more than interesting characters and dramatic moments in order to work. It also requires a big idea. A good story makes a point. It says something. Imagine that you're listening to a friend go on and on about the latest problem with her boyfriend. The problems are minuscule. The two of them fight like cats and dogs, but the drama doesn't go anywhere. They fight, make up, fight again, all for no good reason or purpose. Soon you get tired of listening. What's the point of these stories? On the other hand, another friend tells you about a date that she had with a guy she didn't expect to like. He was too short, too nice, too nervous. 
And yet in conversation, she finds that he likes her favorite baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, that he cooks a terrific risotto, that he loves German spy novels. None of these details are terribly dramatic, but her story has a point. You can't judge a book by its cover. Love lurks in the most unexpected places. You listen to her, for her story from beginning to end because you feel that she is going somewhere with it. Her story is satisfying because it makes a point. Consider the movies you like best and why you like them. Think about what they say to you. Love conquers all, love doesn't conquer all. War is necessary, war is waste. Anybody can be a hero, the world needs a hero. All of these ideas are familiar. In fact, we've all heard stories that make these points. And yet somehow, without a familiar point, a story just doesn't seem like a story. It seems like a rambling, pointless waste of our time. In fact, all story ideas come from a handful of structures. Different people have different ways of defining these plot structures, but for our purposes, let's define them as follows. Coming of age plot. The young character matures to understand something about the world he lives in and his role in it. Redemption plot. The character is saved or saves someone else. Punitive plot. The character is punished for his wrongdoings. Testing plot. The character is tempted or challenged, but retains his values. Education plot. The character makes a deep change in his view of life, almost, but not always, from the negative to the positive. Fulfillment plot. The character achieves his heart's desire. Moral plot. The character learns a moral lesson. A good story will use one of these plots to get its big idea. The big idea is your own particular your take on one common plot structures above. For instance, if you are writing a coming of age story, your big idea might be that coming of age means coming to terms with the fact that your parents are imperfect. Or you might be arguing that coming of age means finding your purpose in the world. Or you might say that coming of age means finding out what you can change, nothing in your world except for yourself. When you have your big idea, you can begin to work out the particulars of your own unique story. What's your story? For while your big idea may be archetypal and familiar, your story has to be unique. When you combine your big idea with your character, you've taken a big step in making your idea a story. In short, you've taken an age old issue like redemption and put it to work in a very particular moment in a very particular person's life. The story of redemption will be different depending on your character's gender, socioeconomic class, point in history, and so on. Different forces will be at work, and these forces will play out in different ways. The more vividly you portray these forces, the better your story. Exercises. Here are a few exercises that are designed to help you come up with your story. Exercise one. Every how-to book on writing will give you the same advice. Write what you know. In order to look for stories, turn first to your own experience. You can start by keeping a notebook or a Google Doc or, or anything that helps you take notes. Focus your writing on some one aspect of your experience. For example, memories from childhood, what happens in your day job. Then set a goal for yourself. For instance, write out one complete memory from childhood each day 
or one complete memory from a sales call that you're on each day. As you write, let yourself discover new elements, new details, new feelings, new connections, whole new memories even. The best writing is writing that discovers something new. If you don't want to explore your own life, you can find stories in other places. Consider the newspaper, history books, old letters, sales emails, information in your CRM. Any of these can be a good source for story. But even if you choose, uh, in choose to mine these sources rather than your own life, remember, most writing is autobiographical. You're choosing these stories for a reason. It's not a bad idea to use your notebook to explore why a particular story interests you. In your notes, you can write your new way of understanding your story. Exercise two, analyze your notebook writings. When you wrote, you were crafting your memories, choosing to emphasize some elements, eliminate others, and so on. When you analyze your writing, ask yourself questions like, what themes dominate your writing? What details did you emphasize? Why? What details did you eliminate? Why? What's the predominant tone of your writing? What phrases or words tend to recur? What moments do you think have the best dramatic potential? What characters did you choose to include? How did those characters feel? What challenges did those characters face? What dramatic points did you choose to include? What made those points dramatic? Exercise three, when you think about using your own experiences as the base for a story, you need to fictionalize. Now, fictionalized does not mean makeup. Fictionalized does not mean lie. Fictionalized rather means to dramatize. In other words, you need to rework your life experiences, amending details, changing the emphasis, or even shifting the point of view so that the drama is enhanced. Choose one of your memories and consider how you might fictionalize or dramatize it in one of the following ways. Change the point of view, change the tone, create a new detail, character, etc. Back up a few years or move ahead a few years. What are the characters doing? In other words, what place does the story have in the bigger story of your life?